Well, what's up, Timber Creek Church? So glad to see you guys today. Uh, my name is Dan. I'm one of the staff pastors, and I get the honor of sharing with you guys. And I uh, love you, Pastor Jeremy. We miss you. We're going to take just a break today uh, for a quick summer series. Uh, series, a, a quick, I'm not going to preach like for hours today, but uh, for a quick summer message, and uh, we're going to jump right back into Shadow King. Have you guys enjoyed Shadow King? Man, have you got t- like handlebars for life? Such a good series. I'm excited to get right back into that this next week, but today we're going to talk about finding our rest. Finding our rest. It's summertime, and summertime means vacation time. Vacation time. Summertime means finding some downtime, some me time, some rest time. This past week, we as a, as a staff, our team, uh, went on a little bit of break and had some rest and relaxation. Here's a picture of, this is your, this is your staff, this is your team. <laughs> I don't know if you're proud to see that or not, but that's us. We had an absolute blast, just love our team, and uh, had a great time playing and uh, praying together, some t- great times of worship together. And I came back from that retreat exhausted, like t- super exhausted, like very tired. Like we played a lot, but it was a lot of fun. And how many of you guys have plans this summer to, to relax just a little bit, a little bit of vaca- vacation time? Anybody? Online, you guys going on vacation? Nacogdoches, you guys going on vacation? Like even if it's just a, for 24 hours, like go lock yourself in the closet away from the world, uh, you know, <laughs> throw some snacks at you, whatever. Just take the, you're, you're planning that time, that, that time to relax. You know, I figure in my own life, what I really need is about a uh, six-month vacation two times a year. That's all I need. I'll let you work out the math. <laughs> like, I, I need that type of vacation. Uh, in fact, I haven't been feeling real well, um, and uh, it's not COVID, but I haven't, I haven't been feeling real well, and so I Googled my symptoms. Did anybody, does anybody do that? It's a great idea. Like, you find out all kinds of stuff. No, seriously, don't do that. Don't Google. Um, it turns out I just need a vacation. That's what it, you know, my symptoms just say, you need a break. Uh, you need a break. Give me a break. You got it. That's right. Hey, vacations, uh, they're fun. They're fun. They're, they're, they're made for relaxation. And, and I love the stuff that we bring back on vacations. Any of you guys go on vacation and like you're, you're on your way back, you're thinking, where did all this stuff come from? Like we all fit in the car earlier, had to drop off one of the kids and leave them somewhere because we ain't got stuff for all the, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, like we bring back all kinds of stuff, souvenirs. You guys bring souvenirs back from vacation? We got a whole refrigerator in our garage with uh, like, like little magnets from all kinds of different places. It's kind of fun. We collect souvenirs. Uh, sunburns, anybody? You come back from a vacation and you're just burnt to a crisp. That was fun. Do you remember that? It was a great time. Yeah. Uh, it was cloudy. It was overcast. And I didn't put any sunscreen on. Like, um, <clears throat> credit card statements. That's fun. Don't tell Dave Ramsey. Staff infections. That's a good time. That's a, that was a good vacation. <laughs> we bring back all kinds of stuff from vacation. You know, unfortunately, there are, there are some things that we, that we don't bring back from vacation, like uh, relaxation, recharging, rest. Have you ever said, man, I need a vacation from my 
from my vacation. I'm I'm exhausted. Uh, I think everybody ought to take a vacation. I think you ought to find some time to get away. I'm giving you permission to go on vacation today. Um, But spoiler alert, like the world's gonna be meeting you when you come back. Uh, There'll be text messages, there'll be emails, there'll be phone calls, there'll be to-do lists, all waiting for you when you get back. Truth is, if we're super honest, guys, most of us are living life in the red. Like we're redlining it, you know what I'm talking about? Like when the RPMs are up in that red area, that's how we live life, like redlining it. We're close to burnout. Uh, We don't need just a vacation, everybody. We need to find some real rest. Have you ever heard the term surge capacity? Surge capacity. Some of you that work in the medical field, you're probably familiar with this term. Uh, Surge capacity, it's a collection of adaptive systems, mental and physical, that humans draw on for short-term survival in acutely stressful situations. It's the adrenaline rush. It's uh, in a natural disaster when, when you just become, it's a surge capacity and for a short amount of time, you're, getting, you're giving it everything that you got in order to get the job done. Surge capacity, it's, it's when you go through personal tragedies. This last month, uh, our family went through some personal tragedies. We've had some loss. Lost both of our moms um, on the same day and was just like, you guys know what it's like to lose somebody. And we went into surge capacity mode for, for a period of time where you just get it done. And if you know me, like I, I fit well in surge capacity mode. I'm a doer, let's get this thing done. Checking off the boxes, let's go. Is anybody, you know what I'm talking about? Surge capacity, like it fits you well. Uh, personal tragedies, how about like, I don't know, the entire year of 2020? Anybody uh, living in like surge capacity the entire year of 2020? Like you just, you just get it done. We live in this capacity. Uh, the adrenaline is good and it gets you through uh, the situation, gets you through the mess. But the problem is when we sit in that gear too long. Surge capacity mode for too long equals burnout. Anybody felt burnt out? Like burnout. How do I know if I'm burnout? How do I know if I'm getting closer to burnout? Uh, I Googled it. (laughs) I did. I don't suggest it, but I Googled it. How do I know? Hey, Google, how do I know if I'm burning out? And I got like all of these articles and, and I found some things that were really relevant in there and I thought, you know what, let's take a quick test. You want to? This will be fun. How do I know if I'm close to burnout? What are the symptoms? Number one, increased moodiness. I see some of you elbowing your staff like, you must be burning out. Irritability. Are you enjoyable to be around? Like are people saying, man, I just don't wanna hang out with you. You're you're not fun. You're Debbie Downer. 
How do I know if I'm close to burnout? Are you looking for reasons just to blow up on somebody? You just walk around all swole, just ready to, to knock somebody. You just test me. Test me, bro. <laughs> right? Like you're in Walmart and, and you got somebody. The other day, I'm going to tell on myself, I'm getting my hair cut. And I've been sitting in line and this guy comes in and goes, and once the chair opens, he pops up in the chair. And I was like, let's go, bro. I saw, you came in after me. <laughs> Like, there ought to be like a red light. Hey, you're, you're close to burnout here. What about chronic headaches? Chronic stomach problems? Listen to your body. You know, like, listen to what your body's trying to tell you. Something's not right here. I don't like to go to the doctor. Anybody else? I just don't like it. I don't, I don't want to go to the doctor and, and tell him what's going on and him ask me, well, how, how, Mr. Chanowski, like, how long have you been feeling that way? And I say, I don't know, three years, <laughs> give or take five. <laughs> Mr. Chanowski, that's probably not good. Well, I know, that's why I'm here to see you, doctor. Like, we don't want to do it, we, but listen to our bodies. Our bodies are trying to tell us, you're running in the red. Something's not Right, isolation number four. You might be in burnout if, if you're in isolation. And guys, I'm not talking about like the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. Like my wife, she is an introvert. She loves people, but like she likes alone time and she needs me time. And I used to get offended when we were first married and she would say, I just need some time. I'm like, well, you don't wanna spend time with me? Did I do something? What did I do? She just needs that, that me, that alone time. But this is more like isolation. This is more like, you know, we get into these moods where I, I just, I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to be close to anybody. It's more than just needing some time alone. More than the difference between an extrovert and it's, it's, it's really disconnecting from people and disconnecting from God. Isn't it interesting we go through some tough stuff in life and, and the first thing we do is disconnect from the people that love us the most and quit attending church. We just step into isolation and just go into our own little thing and we gotta be careful. We might, we might be in burnout. A desire to escape work, family, and home. And I'm not talking about just like taking a vacation Listen, some of us, because of what we've gone through the last few years, there's a sense of, of just wanting to escape it all. And I just want to encourage you, if that's where you're at and, you, and you're thinking about and you're just contemplating and you find yourself really considering ways to just escape everything, man, find somebody to talk to. If you're online and, and you're feeling that way today, if you're in Nacogdoches and you're feeling that way today, find someone to talk to Timber Creek Church is like a church anyone can come to, and it's okay to not be okay. Don't hear what I'm not saying today. It's okay if you're not okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. Like we do life together. We refuse to do it alone because that's not how we were designed to live life. We're designed to live this thing together. Isolation, number five, desire to escape uh, work, family, and home. A feeling of emptiness, number six. And really, I see this as an emotional numbness. 
You just don't have empathy anymore. Compassion fatigue. I've been there. I've done that. People hurting all around, people having issues, and, and you just to the point of burnout where I just, I want to care, but I don't. Feeling of emptiness. Number seven, a pessimistic outlook on life. When the good things in life, they're just not good enough. You might be experiencing burnout. And number eight, just self-doubt. Self-doubt, areas of your life where you felt incredibly confident, you begin to think, I can't do this anymore. I don't have what it takes. I'll never make it out of whatever this mess is. I've added a ninth one here this morning, and if you're taking notes, you can do that on the app today or just a piece of paper maybe in your Bible there. But number nine, slipping uh, out of spiritual disciplines. We begin to experience burnout in our life, and, and, and I don't remember the last time I prayed. I don't remember the last time I picked up my Bible. I don't remember the last time I went to church or I served on a team, really skipping out on spiritual disciplines. If this describes you, you might be burning out and in need of more than just a vacation. You need to find some rest. Is this anybody this morning? Anybody relating this morning? Second service, come on. Like I feel some of these things. But here's the good news. You ready for some good news? God has hardwired each and every one of us. Every single human being is hardwired with the desire for and the need for rest. Like that's a gift from God. He's designed you for it. He's wired you for it. We need rest. Watch this. I thought this was super cool. The average lifespan is about 80 years. 80 years. You've got about 80 years to live. Some of you more, some of you less. 80 years, give or take five to 10 years. You're going to spend, listen to this, 26 of those years sleeping. 26, and you're like, can we make it 30? Just got to push it just a little bit. I like my naps. I want to sleep in. Some of you, you don't even make it to 20 years of sleeping, man. You make it on like three hours of sleep a night. I don't know how you do it. But 26 years of those 80 years, we're, that's why those uh, sleeping commercials, those, those mattress commercials are so powerful. Find the best rest of your life. <laughs> right? No more counting sheep. All those people look so relaxed. It looks dreamy. Uh, yes, you need that $10,000 mattress. It's going to make you sleep. <laughs> your life savings. 26 years. That leaves you with 54 years. But don't forget that there's 20 unproductive years on the front end. Like you're not doing anything productive. Elementary, high school, late 18s, into 20s, you are absolutely unproductive. You, like, <laughs> and in the 20 years on the end, on the back side of it, you're not productive. That's 40 years of just like bouncing around. waiting for somebody to feed you, <laughs> right? Like all the things at the beginning and the end. I'm sorry, I offended some of you already today. I apologize. But like 40 years of just non-productivity, four to five years on weekends, vacations, time eating, hobbies, those types of things, 
we're only left with really about 10 years of productivity. That's a disappointment for some of you guys. You're like, only 10 years? 10 years of full productivity. What am I trying to say? God has designed us really for rest. Are we supposed to work? Yeah. God's designed us to work. We actually, we actually need to find some fulfillment in work. But we're really designed for rest. Approximately one-eighth of our lives is spent in productivity. It's okay. Take a nap. You have my permission to take a nap. If you're napping right now, go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. You, <laughs> you need it. Like, if this is a safe place for anybody to nap. It's all right, take a walk. Take a day off. Sit and drink a cup of coffee with a stranger, with a friend. Take a break, find your rest. I love what King David says in Psalm 62. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. God designed rest and you and I desperately need it. Anybody agree? We need to find some rest. We need to find it. God's designed it for it. But why is it so hard to find? Why is rest so hard to find? You see, I believe the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the devil will rob you of rest because he knows when you are tired and weary, you are susceptible to attack. The devil may not be able to get you to sin in life, but he'll keep you busy. He'll keep you unproductive. He'll keep you focused on all kinds of other things. And this is part of his tactic. He'll keep you from really experiencing rest. And here are some enemies of rest. You wanna write these down or put them in your notes. Number one is the fear of perception. The fear of perception, the deception of perception. We have a perception problem. We have a hard time resting because we don't want to be perceived as lazy. Or that we don't, we don't have the capacity to go the distance. And because of the deception of social media, like we put, we put, we're put into this virtual competition with thousands of people. Think about it. Years ago, you only competed with your neighbor. Well, at least my lawn looks better than Bob's. Right? At least, at least I don't have five cars sitting in the yard. I know that's one of you all here. At least, I don't, at least my kids don't run around crazy like, like Sue's kids down the road. But now we live in a virtual world where we compare ourselves to thousands of people. And really to thousands of people who are just posting their very best shot, right? We have a fear of perception. I had a, a friend of mine years ago that said, perception is reality. And it is, your perception of me, other people's perception of is the reality to them. But it's not the reality. Like that's not really what's going on in life. It's a trap of comparison. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a trap. The enemy wants to trap you and you'll spend countless hours trying to compare, trying to live up to. They were up at 4.30 to go work out this morning. I can't remember the last time I worked out. 
I love lifting my fork to my mouth. That's what I like to do. <laughs> like that's what we do. We compare. They were up at 430 this morning. I, they lost 30 pounds in 30 days. That's amazing. Yeah, they haven't eaten in 30 days either. <laughs> they worked 60 hours this week. Their kids always look so perfectly behaved. How many of y'all know that ain't true? That is not the truth. How do they keep their house so clean? It must be nice to be on vacation every other week. Man, isn't it crazy? We live in this, this deception of perception. I love what Paul says in Galatians chapter five. Listen to this. Since this is the kind of life we've chosen, the life of the spirit, let us make sure that we do not hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. This means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better or worse than the other. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you are unique, my friend. Nacogdoches, every single one of you, you're unique. You're an original. God broke the mold when he made you. I mean that in a positive way. By the way, why are, we, why are we trying so hard and why are we in such a rush to become somebody we don't even like? We're living a life of comparison and trying to impress people that we don't even care about. It's stupid, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's an enemy of rest. The second enemy of rest is the fear of falling behind. I just can't afford to take a day off. I can't afford to go on vacation. I can't afford to go to the doctor and have him say, you know what, you need to back off. You need to take some time off. If I don't work through the weekend, if I don't get the ox out of the ditch, then I'll be that much more behind. I can't, I can't afford to fall behind. I'm doing my best just to keep my head above water. Have you ever said that? Like I'm afraid to rest because I'll be that much more behind. Here's the reality, time never stands still. In fact, time is incredibly cruel. I learned that over the past month as we've gone through some tragedy in, in our lives and time doesn't stop to allow you time to grieve. The world doesn't stop to give you time to rest and reflect. It just keeps on spinning. That sun will rise and set, rise and set. So we can't afford to wait for time to stop in order for us to find some rest. Don't get caught running a race to gain a prize that has little to no value in life. Our third enemy of rest is overconfidence. Overconfidence. I got this. I can do this. Just one more mile, just one more job, just one more year. This is the young man's folly, and, and, and I've heard it said that most people rest when they are completely exhausted. Like, I'll rest when I'm dead. <laughs> like, we rest when, we, when we're completely exhausted, but wise people rest before they are exhausted. Wise people take a break before they reach that red line. 
But we do this because of pride. We ignore the check engine lights in our life. How many of you guys have check engine lights in your car that have been on for like a long time? <laughs> and it worried you at first, and you're like, oh, what does that mean? But after a while, you're like, if it hasn't broke, we'll just keep on rolling. Just needs more gas, <laughs> right? You haven't changed the oil in like five months, you know? Like we ignore the check engine light. We run the fuel tank way past empty. Side note, does anyone else's spouse leave the car on E and not tell you? And my, my wife doesn't do that. I'm just asking if yours does. And like you get in the car and you've got a trip and you're like, oh good, it's on empty now. How many of you guys run it past empty just to see like how far it'll go? That's what I'm talking about. Living on the edge. Dangerous. But that's how we live life. It's, let's be honest, it's, sto- it's totally ridiculous. It's stupid. Proverbs 19.3. People ruin their lives by their own stupidity. And watch this. So why does God always get blamed? Like we'll do stupid things and we'll run it into the ground and then we're mad at God for it just me like there are times that we run ourselves into the ground run ourselves ragged and then I'm upset with God because things are falling apart and God's like you're not getting it like I've designed you for rest and you're just not taking it in fact I put a day of rest in your week and you just refuse to do it you just want to run it from margin to margin living life with no margins the enemy will blind you with pride and then allow you to destroy your life. He'll, he'll allow you to stack your calendar and then he'll step back and just watch you burn. That's what the enemy does. It's an enemy of rest. The fourth enemy of rest is misplaced identity. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Like these are just some enemies. These are some things that are causing us to not find rest. It's not that you, listen, you need a nap. We need a, a weekend, we need a vacation. Those are all things, those things are good. But you gotta find something beyond a vacation. You need to find true rest. The fourth enemy of rest is misplaced identity. And we're allowing too many external pressures to define who we are. Thank you. That's good. Our identity cannot be placed in what's on our resume or what's in our Instagram account based on our current relationships, and yet we put all of our eggs in these baskets and that's where we find our identity. It's misplaced. Misplaced identity. Our true identity must be found in Christ, in who he has called us to be, in who he's designed us to be, in what he is creating in us. The scripture says the old has gone and the new has come, therefore there's a new creation and that's my identity. That's where I need to be placing my hope. That's where I need to be placing my strength. It's in that identity where I find that my needs are met. And here's the cool thing. Every single human is wired with two core needs. You ready for this? Two core needs, every single one of us. Security and fulfillment. Security and fulfillment. And how cruel would it be if God designed us and wired us with these two core needs and then, and then chose not to meet these needs for us? He designed you with security. 
What is security? It's simply saying and asking the question, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe at my job? Am I safe in my relationship with my spouse? Am I safe in my family? Am I safe at church? Is this a safe place for me to be? Can I be who, who I need to be and take this mask off and, and, and be my true self? All of my mess up, all of my mistakes, is, is this safe? Can I find security here? Am I safe? Security equals being loved and anointed. Being loved and anointed. I'm secure when I realize, listen to me today, I'm completely loved by God. I am truly loved by God. Are you hearing me online today? You are loved by God. In fact, before you could ever do anything for him, he loved you. While you were messed up in your sin and completely dead in all of your transgressions, unable to do anything of value, he says, I love you. You are my kid. I love you. I'm going to die for you so that you can live for me. You are loved. And we find great security. I find great security in knowing I love people show us love all the time. I'm so thankful for our church this past month that has loved us. But you know what? I'm secure in the fact that God in heaven loves me. He loves me. I'm loved and I'm anointed. What does anointed mean? Anointed is basically your last name. You become a child of God and he anoints you. You're anointed by God. It's basically the thumbprint of God on your life. It's the evidence of God's spirit in you. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The moment that you surrender your life to Jesus and allow him to come in and sit on the throne of your heart, you are anointed by God. That means you can walk into any situation and know that God is with me. He's never left me nor forsaken me. I can walk into a situation and have full confidence that he is for me, not against me. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can step into any situation and know that I'm more than an overcomer because of the blood of the lamb and what? The word of my testimony, which we sang earlier. I am loved by God and I'm anointed by God. And you know what? I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I'm just in it because of what Jesus has done for me. Someone say amen this morning. You are loved and you are anointed by God and you can be secure in that. Fully secure that you are loved by God and anointed. But we're also wired by fulfillment. What is fulfillment? It's my God-given potential. It's my God-given potential. So Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River by John. And he goes down into the water and he comes back up. You guys know the story. So all of a sudden they hear a voice from the father that says, this is my son in whom I love and I'm well pleased. Spirit of God descends upon Jesus and rests upon him and his earthly ministry, the miracles, the resurrections from the dead, the preaching, all that stuff began at that point. But up until that point, he had done nothing to deserve it. God just said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I love water baptism Sunday. And by the way, Father's Day, we're doing baptisms again. If you've not been baptized, I encourage you, take that next step. Take that next step. If you've been baptized before and God's doing something fresh and new in your life, take that next step. But I love talking to baptism candidates and saying, hey, when you get baptized, 
I'm praying that the spirit of God in you bears witness with the spirit of God. And you hear the voice of the father saying, this is my son. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. I just, I just love you. And in the rest of our lives, we live out through the giftings of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit in your life, your gifts, your talents, the shape that God's designed you with, how you've been wired and your calling. This is just fulfillment. This is just icing on the cake. This is how I'm functioning in life. The gifts of the Spirit. What are my gifts? Shameless plug. Get involved in Starting Point. I'm telling you, sign up. We'll help you discover your, your God-given potential and your gifts. What is my calling? We all have the same calling in life. The calling is people. It's people. You'll never lock eyes with somebody that doesn't deeply matter to God. Every single one of you. Annoying Tom that you work with at the shop, he matters to God. Your neighbor who can't seem to get their grass cut matters to God. Your family member who drives you batty matters to God. Your calling is people. Your gifting and your calling, we find great fulfillment in that. When I use my God-given potential in life, I find great fulfillment in that. But we've got to be careful that we don't get these mixed up. That I don't find my security in my gifting or my calling. Because the moment that my gifting is challenged, then I don't find security anymore. And I've got to be secure in who I am. If you don't like the preaching today, that's okay. I'm secure in who I am in Christ. And that means I can just kind of let it rip today and know this is going to land on somebody. Somebody's going to get something out of it, even if it's just me. Right? I find great fulfillment in my gifting and my calling, but I'm secure in him no matter what. You can find security in him. You lose your job. Your job is your identity. You lose your job and you find security in that. Man, you, your life begins to tank, but if your security is in Christ, then it doesn't matter because God's going to provide. You know what I'm saying? You get a bad medical report and your health is where you find security then you just find yourself diving into depression. But if your security is in God, it doesn't matter. God's gonna take care of me. He's gonna provide for me. He's my healer. I, I trust him. Are you following me this morning? Security and fulfillment. Misplaced identity. Number five, we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to rest. The enemy of rest is we just don't know how to. Workaholics, anybody in the room? People that you just don't know how to turn it off. Your drug of choice is accomplishment and accumulation. You just can't get enough of it. It's possible that you just don't know how to rest. You know you need it. You believe the Bible supports it, even commands it. You agree that you were wired for it, but you're just not sure how to do it. And today I want you to find your rest. I, th I think I'm gonna help you today. Does anybody need a little bit of help finding some rest? I think I'm gonna help you today. Rest isn't something you find, it's someone you find. It's someone you can become acquainted with. Rest isn't just a state of being, like I gotta get into a quiet place, into a, a point of zen. You're not gonna find rest there. You're gonna find rest in a person. Psalm 62, verse one and two says, truly my soul finds rest, what? In God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. 
And this is what we're gonna camp for the rest of the, the message today in these last few moments. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find what? Rest. Isn't it a beautiful word? I mean, it just, you kind of just find rest in the word. Rest. You will find rest for your souls, for my, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love how the message reads this. Are you tired? Say yes. Worn out? Burned out on religion? Jesus says, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay any, anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So how do I find rest? Let's take the last few moments of our time together today. Put these in your notes. Number one, true rest begins with an invitation. An invitation. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And let's be honest. We all need to be involved in a recovery program. <laughs> Nacogdoches, those of you guys watching online, look at your neighbor and say, you're not okay. <laughs> you're not okay. We all need a recovery. We all need to find that place of rest what does Jesus mean? You'll recover your life. Recovery means a return to the normal state of health, mind, and strength. It's a return to the normal state. Did you hear that? A normal state of health, mind, and strength. It's possible that the life of stress, the life of addiction, worry, anxiety, all of these things, listen to me, they're not normal. This isn't normal. You're not okay. You shouldn't be living in this realm. Philippians says, be anxious for some things. No, he says, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, offer your requests to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need rest. And all of the anxiety and worry that we're feeling in life, it's just not normal. Find your rest. It's possible that this life of stress just isn't normal. How many times did you hear this statement this last year, the new normal? The new normal? <laughs> Can we go back to the old normal? Like the new normal, I get it. Things aren't the way that they used to be and they probably won't ever return back to the way they used to be. And let's be really honest, everybody. There are some things that we don't need to return to. There are some patterns in life we don't need to go back to. I, I really truly believe that God gave us an opportunity. He pushed pause for a little bit. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that God caused this pandemic, but God will use things in life, circumstances in life, to push pause for a little bit. To say, you need to take a break. You need a rest. You've got priorities out of whack. You need to time out. Do you remember as kids when their parents would say, okay, time out, time out. I didn't get a time out. I got, I got the belt. <laughs> that, was, that was my time out. Time, this time out chair. I don't know what that is. But you need a time out. Listen, I'll take a time out. I'll take a time out. I need a break. 
But there's an invitation to, to, to take a break from what seems to be normal right now. Think about it for a second. What are the things you stopped doing for a season? What were the things you started doing for a season? What are the things you decided you'd never go back to? I'm never gonna go back to that way of living. I'm never gonna go back to living in the red. I'm never gonna go back to those things. God pushed pause and gave you an opportunity to really reevaluate priorities. And some of us found rest for the very first time. Rest is normal, which means Unrest is not normal. Exhaustion, fatigue, weariness, these are not normal. They're obvious signs that you and I need to respond to the invitation of Jesus today that says, come to me. Come to me. Can you hear it? Do you sense it? The invitation from God that says, hey, come away. Step aside. Find some rest. And it all begins with that invitation. Revelation 3.20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It's an invitation and he's still inviting you and me today to come and recover our life, to come and recover our life and to really live the way God's designed us to live. And can I tell you, I don't wanna live any other way. I don't wanna live any other way than how God's designed me to live. That's your best life now. That's really your best life. The true rest begins with an invitation, but number two, write it down, true rest is discovered through revelation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Rest is something, guys, we must learn. It must be revealed to us. God has got to show us sometimes how to rest. Isn't that interesting? He's got to show us how to slow down. He's got to show us how to rest. How old were you when you discovered that naps were the greatest thing in the entire world? <laughs> like we fought it for years. It's nap time and we would throw a, a, a fit. I don't want to take a nap. And today I'm like, I want to take a nap. <laughs> and really, as parents, you realize that the parents weren't doing that for you. When they said, you need a nap, son, what they were really saying is, I need a nap, son. I don't care what you do. Just go in there and shut up. I just go lay down and read a book. I know you can't read. It doesn't matter. Look at the pictures. Daddy needs 20 minutes, okay? It's discovered through Revelation. Jesus has to teach us how to rest. You're not gonna learn it any other way. So he says, come with me. I'll teach you, I'll show you. I'll show you how to find real rest for your souls. Proverbs 3.24 says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Some of you guys are having trouble sleeping right now. Somebody's having trouble sleeping right now and I just feel the, the spirit of God, I don't wanna be weird, but I feel the spirit of God saying some of you you can't sleep at night. You're restless. May the spirit of the living God invade your space and may you find divine rest in Jesus' name. You need rest. All the drugs in the world, all the melatonin in the world, a sip of alcohol before you go to bed, it ain't gonna do it, everybody. 
Listen to me. Jesus wants to give you rest and he wants to teach you how to rest. I find it interesting that God actually has to command us to rest. He had to write it in stone for us. Exodus chapter 20, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, work six days and do everything you need to do. But the seventh day is Sabbath to God, your God. Don't do any work, not you, nor your son, nor your daughters, nor your servants, nor your maid, nor your animals, not even the foreign guests visiting in your town. For in six days, God made heaven, earth, and the sea, and everything in them. And you think you can make it all yourself, and you think you can do it all yourself. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath. You know what Sabbath means? The Shabbat actually means to stop. I was in Israel a few years ago, and we were in the the downtown square and just kind of messing around, buying some things. And all of a sudden, there came this, uh, this guy walking through the streets, blowing the shofar, blowing this horn. And, and he's announcing to everybody, it's time for Shabbat. It's time for Shabbat. And I'm telling you, within minutes, the streets were clear and it was totally quiet. And it was rejoicing as people went to go find their rest in God. They stopped it all. We're not doing anything else. We're going to leave it till Monday. God will provide. I don't know. Leave the ox in the ditch. He'll be fine. Throw some grain in there. Find some rest. Prioritize it. God commanded the Sabbath. We must find a day of rest. We must force ourselves ourselves to take a break. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or, or ill-fitting on you. I love it. Walk with me, work with me. Walk with me, work with me. He's not saying and advocating for a lazy life. We're not designed that way. We're designed with the imprint of God. We work and we ought to be the best workers. We ought to be most, the most creative, the hardest working people. But he's also saying, work with me, walk with me. God isn't advocating for that. Jesus isn't saying don't carry heavy loads in life. We're going to carry some heavy things. And whoever made the, t- said the statement like God will never give you more than you can handle was a liar. <laughs> I'm sorry. He'll give you more than you can handle. Why? Because he wants to be right there with you to help you carry it. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He's saying don't do it on your own strength. You can't do it. You can't bite your bottom lip hard enough and, and grit your way through it. You gotta find strength in me. He's really saying, hey, put that weight down. Let me help you carry it. You're just doing it wrong. You're lifting with your back and not your knees, right? You're just carrying it wrong. And he says, let me, let me help you carry the weight. Stop trying to do it on your own. God doesn't want us to break down in our own strength. He wants us to partner with him. Take my yoke upon you. I'm gonna do the heavy lifting, but you know what? I delight in doing it with you. That's what God's saying. True rest can only be discovered through revelation. And finally, true rest is ultimately found in relationship. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. No amount of vacationing will give you the rest your soul longs for. Listen to me, Nacogdoches. Listen to me online. Dieball Duncan, 
No time away is gonna give you what your song, your, your, your soul longs for. Life simply isn't going to slow down for you and for me. There'll always be demands in life. People demanding your time, your gifts, your talents, your resources, bills have to be paid. Grass has to be cut, kids need to eat, the truck needs gas, the boss needs more hours from you, the spouse has a honeydew list for you, a mile long, you get it. Real rest for you and for me will never be found in the middle of this entire mess. Real true rest can only be found in a constant, real-time relationship with Jesus. Isn't it interesting in scripture, it talks about us walking with God and not running with God. God doesn't say, hey, come run with me. I love running. God wants to walk with you. Slow down. Walk his pace. Find rest in him. I'll show you how to live a restful life for the rest of your life. Start living with the sense that God is with you every single day. Recognize his presence. Slow down. Listen to me, sir. Ma'am, slow down long enough to recognize that God is near you. That's where you're going to find rest. That's where you're going to find that you're restored. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Thank you so much for giving your attention the last few moments. I want to invite you today, if you haven't invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, if you've not entered into his rest, you've been doing it all on your own, you're designed with these things in mind, and, and all, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you saying, you need to surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you today and you want to begin that walk and find true rest for your soul that so desperately wants it, if that's you today, all over the place, would you just lift your hand so I can pray for you? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You may say a simple prayer like this, Jesus, I need rest today. My soul is weary, and I believe that you have come that I might have rest. Forgive me of the sin in my life. It's not the act that I've been committing, but it's the authority that I've been rejecting, and I accept your authority in my life. I invite you to sit on the throne of my heart. I step off, God, and I give you full reign, Jesus. Now help me to live the life that you've designed me to live. Now for those of you today, you're a Christ follower, but it's been a while since you've walked with him. And you're experiencing a little bit of burnout today. And you say, man, I needed this message today. I need the rest that only comes in a relationship with Jesus, walking with him, uh, revealing true rest to me. If that's you today, lift your hand all over the place. I want to pray for you. You need rest today. May God command it over your life. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for the rest that you provide through your Holy Spirit, through your word. God, may we find true life in you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.